Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com is here to bring fresh fruits and vegetables right to your door. No need to ever leave the home or deal with the stress that is having to go to the store. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com makes it easy to order fresh fruits and vegetables online with the click of a mouse. I'm Rob Kendall. I love FreedomFoodsIndiana.com, and I know you will, too. It's a great way to keep your family eating right without the hassle of having to shop. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com. Rob Kendall, Abdullah Gibby Shabazz, Jim Merritt, the program of State House Happenings, your weekly look at what's going on with Indiana politics and government. Before we begin this Marconi-worthy show, let's meet the panel. Let's start with, well, he's an author, he's a broadcaster, he's a provocateur, he's the owner and operator of IndiePolitics.org. Abdullah Kim Shabazz, hello. My friend, how's it going? Uh, I'm doing just great. Again, I would like to thank you for coming to my fabulous speech at the Indy Defenders of Liberty uh, the other night. And my dad asked me, he's like, why was Abdul there? And I said, well, he's going on vacation with his wife for a sustained period of time. <laughs> and he was looking for any reason to get out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> and that was, trust me, that was a reason that, that was a reason to get out of the house. I'm not sure it was a good reason, but it was a reason to get out of the house. <laughs> uh, our other panelist, you know him from 30 years in the Indiana Senate, he's universally beloved by everyone, somehow always has a smile on his face. And the nicest dressed man in all of Indiana politics and government, the great Jim Merritt. Hello. Good day, Robert. All right. Let's start with you, Abdul. You have something big coming out. We put this podcast together on thir- on Thursdays, and then it airs Sundays on WIBC. Uh, will be Sunday. Will that be the big day? You've got the poll. The polling is done. Will the polling be coming out on Sunday? Uh, the polling will be out Monday oh, morning. Monday, yes. Monday morning. Uh, we polled, uh, use my good friend, uh, Andrew Weissert, uh, who owns ARW Strategies. And with uh, a little bit of help from some uh, very generous donors, uh, we got our, we got our polling done. From rich people like you. <laughs> <laughs> and really good friends. Uh, yeah, we, we polled the mayor's race. We polled the council. We polled downtown. And I'm still going through the data right now because I just got the data literally like last night. Um, there are a lot of undecideds, and there's enough undecideds to probably make a difference. Oh, very interesting. Okay, so uh, Merritt, you, of course, were the last uh, sacrificial lamb that the Marion <laughs> County GOP didn't help running for mayor of Indianapolis. Do you look at Shreve and go, man, if I'd have had his money, I'd be the mayor right now? I, I think he's had a uh, an interesting summer. I, it's always hard to break out in a, uh, in a blue county. And I, uh, uh, you know, Good luck to um, Jefferson Shreve. I, you know, voting starts in October, early October. Literally, literally, literally early voting starts next the, week. Next, next week or yeah. the week after next. Yeah, that seems like an excessive amount of time to early vote. Yeah, Am I it, wrong? It, no. uh, yeah, it you is. You wrote the law, Merritt. What do you? What do you? You're voted on the law. Well, I got what, sued if, for the law. Oh, <laughs> as Marion County Republican chairman. But I mean, did you at the state? Don't the state? Don't you guys pass when early voting can start at the state legislature? Yeah, it, it's a. Uh, it, it's it, it's this? really kind of interesting because back then when I was Marion County Republican chairman. It it really resided at the at the election board, yeah. and and it was and we had two members, Republicans and Democrats had two, and it was always a uh, it was always knotted, and 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 what really broke the dam on it was that technology uh, has come so far in regards to voting in Indiana that uh, many of the Republican Party in Marion County were comfortable with the system being safe. 
All right, Abdul, I know you think that I'm probably wrong on this, but I yeah. think that's way too early. <laughs> way too early. Way too early. No, no, 30, 30 days. To me, 30 days is fine. To me, 30, 30 days is, is ample time, and you've got vote centers. We were making we're making the voting procedure as easy for as it is for individuals to vote and participate. The trick is how do you, is getting quality candidates because nothing beats a quality candidate that that will drive turnout. Open seats and quality candidates will do more to drive voter turnout than just about anything. However, I do believe that we should make it as easy for people to vote, which I think we do with vote centers and with early voting. There there's no excuse not to vote. For those reasons. Now, the candidates, on the other hand, that's a whole different ball of wax. Yeah, let's face it, and I know you're not going to give away the poll results here today, even though, well, I'd like to point out I know the poll results, but <laughs> you'll never get them out of me. I'm vaulting it away for safety and security. Uh, really, uh, look, these two turkeys, nobody's inspired to vote for either one of these guys, are they? That would explain. Uh, <laughs> Don't give it away. Let me put it this way. That would explain why there are enough undecideds out there to make a difference. Yeah, I mean, look, Merritt, you you did this. And then, by the way, the the undecideds are literally all over all over Marion County because in our, in our demographic breakdown, we also broke it down by township. Oh, interesting. And Shreve is actually doing well in some townships that I wasn't expecting him to do well in. And Joe is actually competitive in a couple townships I wasn't expecting to be competitive in. And so we've talked about this a lot on the Kendall and Casey show. And Jim, I'll throw this over to you. Greg Ballard won because for two things. One, I think he went into areas Republicans didn't normally go into. I mean, there were a litany of reasons, but I think two major things were campaign where Republicans didn't normally campaign, and people believed in him. They were like, hey, this guy's served his country. He's a Marine. He's kind of a, talk, a tough-talking guy. He'll clean things up around here. I don't feel that with Shreve. I don't think anybody does. Well, I think one thing that uh, was invaluable, uh, would be invaluable to a, a candidate, and, and I'm guilty of this as well, it's very difficult to start a campaign in a blue county in February or in January, as I did, and expect to win in November. It's just a very difficult uh, situation, and, and, and most of it's against you anyway. And so uh, Ballard's win, uh, it was uh, remarkable. And and I think one thing that we need to watch, and when Abdul's report on his poll comes out, is that uh, Mary, Mary County has Washington Township. And when I was running, I tried to uh, grab those 15,000 people that were kind of in the mix uh, in, in that purple township. And um, and I felt like I, and I'm sure Jefferson Shreve feels the same way, if I could get that that covey, that, that, that group of voters, that I'd be in much better shape. And so I think there's probably battle over uh, Williams Creek and Broderpool and and uh, Butler-Tarkenton and to get that purple voter. All right, let's switch gears. It is State oh, House. One, one, I'm going to yes. add one thing real quick. Yes, go ahead. Uh, a couple things with, with Greg Ballard. Number one, he did go to places where Republicans traditionally didn't go. Number two, uh, we had the, the the property tax issue out there. And also had the, and then they raised the income tax on top of that. Mm-hmm. But also I think what, what really helped, and my, my good friend Tom John, former American County Chairman, does not get a, enough credit for this. Uh, Tom sort of did, uh, we were, I, won't, I, won't, I won't necessarily call it voter, reverse voter suppression, but he didn't run uh, council members in like those center township districts. And so if people thought Bart Peterson was going to win, and they thought their council was going to win because the council didn't have a challenge. They stayed home. Oh, it's like the old uh, wax on, wax off, mind games type of thing. Yeah, and so and yeah, because I remember uh, I was at, on WXNT that night, and like some of the southern townships had come in uh, early. Like, okay, well, that won't last long. And then Peterson was ahead, but I noticed that uh, 
as as Greg Battle was moving up the moving up the ladder, vote vote total wise, Center Township wasn't coming in. And I looked at like, hey, Center Township's closed. They're they're basically done. And then next thing you know, it's like nine o'clock at night. Holy crap! Greg Ballard is mayor of Indianapolis. Yeah. All right. Now let's uh, switch gears here. So there was an article out in the IBJ, and uh, Eric Holcomb, the governor of the state, was asked if he had any regrets about the stuff that he did during COVID. Now, Jim, you have been very adamant. You were in the Indiana General General Assembly at the time that there needs to be a total deep dive on this that there's no doubt mistakes were made am i am i am i caps caps in other words cap encapsulating capturing that's what i was looking for <laughs> wow am i capturing your sentiment here that hey there were absolutely mistakes made and we need to know what so we do better the next time yeah you know that's one media report and the ibj probably caught his his um his uh, pronouncements and his, his comments correctly. I, I, I wish I could have been there, but what what should happen in that commission that Susan Brooks, former Congresswoman uh, Susan Brooks serves on, that commission is looking at what we do next time. And, and there'll be a report at the end of the, uh, at the end of the year. And their previous report was uh, back uh, four or five, six years ago, I think it was six years ago, where they said, this is coming. We need to be ready, and uh, and and so I can only tell you what I I I would do because I don't know the total totality of uh, the governor's remarks. But I'm, I'm gonna read them to you here in just a second. Okay. The bottom line is that uh, it, it would be refreshing for someone to come on the scene, and and I would, if I were in uh, the governor's shoes, I would say this is what we did right. This is not. This is what we did not so right. And this is what we didn't do next time because I know Indiana and 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 what the what the as my book coming is lessons learned. What did we learn? How can we be? How can we do better? And I think that's really the key. And if the IBJ report is correct, and and they're great reporters, uh, there was just the mishmash of of uh, there's no regrets. Yeah. Okay. You see, but, but I think there's a difference though between. Do you have any regrets for how you handled COVID? No. Or mistakes made? Yes. But, but, he, quote, but he doesn't but, say that. But, of course, hindsight is, all, is always twenty twenty because mm-hmm. Because, remember, we're in the middle of a global, the first real global pandemic in darn near 100 years. Mm-hmm. Okay. So and gonna, and, and let, the only let, people like my great-grandparents were like who lived through it uh, were, dead, were dead now. So there really was no historical context to put together. Now, going forward, there are a lot more things to know about COVID now than we did you know, a couple years ago because we, we make medical advancements in science so, so quickly, so fast. So that we can do things differently, but to say that do you have any regrets? Like no, I just did what I. Okay, I'll, I'll read the quote, and we'll, and then I'll let you both take it from here. Quote: This is according to the IBJ. All right, are we ready? Quote: I don't have any regrets because I was operating with the information that I had at the time. Quote: I get it. To each their own. Everyone's got an opinion. I'm comfortable with the decisions that we made. Put yourself in a situation where you have multiple experts not agreeing with one another, and then you have to make the decision. And I was very comfortable. I slept well every night, even though it was a very heavy time for our state and our nation. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, I'll give you both the floor, and then, well, then I'll weigh in. Uh, Merritt, you can go first. Well, I, I think testifying in front of a august battle, a, a, a panel, uh, it, it that's kind of a nothing burger. And I would have, you know, it was a crisis communications um, situation. 
obviously they, they were th- uh, flying blind. But what are we going to do next time? It's a lot like uh, Hogsett. You know, we had the riots of 2020, but what did we learn and what are we going to do better? And I think people would gravitate to uh, the governor or a mayor of a major city and saying, yes, there were mistakes made. I'm, I'm proud of it. We were flying blind. Uh, but but I, I want to be a good citizen for the future of the state of Indiana. And this is what I think should be done that we did not do. And, and the bottom line is, you, you uh, we're, I think I can speak for many people in Indiana. We're not casting stones at him. Well, we, <laughs> oh, sorry, it's your turn to talk. <laughs> My bad. Go ahead. Keep going. I, I, I think the bottom line is, is, is help us survive the next one. Abdul, floor is yours. Well, uh, speaking for the establishment. Yes, thank you. By the way, I got ro- to rotate a couple from patting myself in the establishment on the back and <laughs> yeah. carrying all their water. Uh-huh. Uh, no, I, I think the governor is right. Like, do were mistakes made? Sure, and high. But then again, once again, hindsight is always twenty twenty. But do I have any? Do I have any regrets? No, because once again, we're in the middle of a pandemic. We're literally building the airplane as we're flying it. And so to to say like, yeah, I I, I regret like, well, duh. But but once again, the thing is, and at the at the time, this is a global pandemic, the first one in a hundred years. He's getting conflicting advice. You got to make decision. You got to stick with it because if you if you say like, well, maybe I should this. Hindsight is always twenty twenty. Yeah, but there's going to be the next crisis and help us build the plane before it takes off. And that's what I think the the bio commission was is for. Well, like I said, right. like I said, with the report that Susan Brooks is going to put together by by the end of the year. That's exactly right. I, I think they'll make recommendations like here's what we need to do for next time. Right. Yeah, but but and uh, look, okay, you're going to speak for the establishment. I'm going to speak. Let me go and get a million people out of work. A petri dish. Uh, yeah, but did I get it right? It's not small <laughs> stuff though. It's not small stuff. What he got wrong. I mean, he missed the boat on a whole bunch of big stuff, and we were on the air at the time reading the data from his own website, and three weeks in, the information that his own website was producing on COVID proved to be very accurate, and he kept ignoring it. And that and that information was, look, someone like me, who was at the time a mid-30s healthy man, there was no reason I couldn't go to work if I made the choice to do that. Now an older person or a person with certain comorbidities absolutely that person was probably more at risk but this blanket approach and for him to go well i just went with the data i had at the time no you didn't because the data you had at the time which we were reading on the air every single day showed that there was no need for this blanket everyone must stay home everyone must be put out of work uh unless i guess you own a liquor store which his buddy kyle hupfer coincidentally just happened to own be a part owner in 30 plus liquor stores it's the flippant attitude about it, like, well, you know, I mean, I don't have any regrets because I kept getting paid, and, well, I had a, a, a taxpayer-funded house over my head, so, yeah, you know, maybe we made some mistakes, maybe we didn't. No regrets. It's such a flippant attitude and so dismissive of the fact that you got a whole bunch of stuff wrong, and if he come out and said, look, we, we missed the boat, and with the, in hindsight, we shouldn't have done this and this and this, I still wouldn't like the guy, but at least they admit he's acting like, boy, we landed that plane really well. If you lost a job or your business closed, that plane didn't land very well. He could have been very, very helpful to that commission report at the end of the year saying, saying this is what I believe that should be done next time, and, and end of story. Yeah, I, I, look, I, I should not be able to look at something because, hey, I'm told every day by those people in the state house what an idiot I am. Uh, I shouldn't be able to look at data and go, look, here's what's going on. And then the governor, who has all these scientists and, 
you know, doctors and everything else at his disposal be making decisions that are contrary to the information that are in front of him. It, am I wrong, Jim, to say it appeared to be a power, a guy who was very excited to have power? Well, it, 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 uh, I've also, I've also written about this and talked in this program before about ex- uh, executive orders. There were 33 or so executive orders that went on forever. The legislature has a piece here where they say where they gave the keys to the car to Mitch, and then they recommitted uh, it to Eric, uh, uh, Governor Holcomb, and and the executive orders never had a review. They could go on forever. There's so much that could be done here that uh, that the legislature is great boots on the ground. That you, you're hearing everything at the grocery gym and whatnot, and and. It could be, you know, it could be a great, a great end of term a report for Eric Holcomb to say, you know, that these are lessons learned. I want to help the next governor, and I just don't see it happening. I would, I would wait until after the report comes out, because then you can say, all right, here's what we did, here's what we didn't do, and I think, I think that'll give us a much better, a much more accurate description. Of uh, what to do for the next pandemic, which is which is inevitable. Well, yeah, but that's that's a federal commission, and 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 it was the governor's opportunity to say this is what happened in in Indiana. We had a crisis communication all the summer of 2020. We had we were late to the the ma- and if it's true that we were late to the mask mandate, this is what uh, happened in Indiana. This is what I think this commission ought to understand about our experience. That's really what the commission's all about. Okay, if we're let's pretend we're all trying to be fair here. Abdul looking in your direction. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Okay, to me the, the thing that stood out on how just I'm just pulling this out of my backside as I go and I don't really mean much of it was the thing with the criminal component on the mask mandate. So you issue this executive order that's got a criminal component to the mask mandate. Curtis Hill comes out and says, nah, I don't think you can do that. And then you just go, okay, cool, I'll pull it out. Let's not act like this was all about saving lives or everything I did was to save lives. or Because clearly, you didn't fight for that. So clearly, you knew you were on bad ground. Uh, to me, that's well, so, but, but so I, willy-nilly. But, but I would argue with that point, uh, like I said, having worked in government and in the legal office, ironically, is you probably had different lawyering opinions. One, one group of lawyers said, yes, you can do this. The other group of lawyers says, no, I don't think, think I think you need legislative approval. And had uh, the governor and Curtis Hill probably had a, a better personal relationship, uh, I think that would probably have uh, resolved, resolved matters. All right, let's move on. Well, before we move off this real quick, though, I think Jim touched on something that is interesting, as fun <laughs> as it is for me to, to rip on Holcomb. The General Assembly plays a role in this, too. Now, you get a free pass in this, Jim, because you were not a part of the General Assembly that convened after after uh 2020 right exactly but but the general assembly and i talked about this in my speech the other night that abdul was so excited to be at um they play a role in this because they've done nothing to change to prevent what happened in 2020 from happening again which means you're complicit with it but they act like they're not complicit with it but they've done nothing to stop it well first of all i i this country needs an after after action report, and I think this commission, which is uh, is a lot of retired individuals from Congress, but bottom line here is that uh, it, it, we need an after action report in the state of, in, in, of Indiana. The legislature does play a role here, and 
and uh, I was gone, but the, 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 really the, it's where the, where every, it all ends meet is how, how the administrative branch of Indiana can work with the legislative branch because they're the, they're the eyes and ears and noses of, of uh, the governor and what is actually happening out in the state of Indiana. And, um, there are a lot of people over the state house that just didn't want to touch this. And, and there should have been a commission. There should have been, you know, working night and day on what actually happened, how we can work with the governor in the future on a public policy and to their benefit, they really focused on public health this last this last session, and that was a really good but uh, start to it. They didn't do anything about this. But, yeah. uh, but actually, I have a theory about that. This this is the 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 dark cynical side of my personality. What? Yeah, exactly. Is why would you want responsibility? Like, hey, you know what? These are the governor's decision. He's he's calling the shots. You know, we're we're the legislature. Yes, we have an oversight, but. Because it was an emergency, it's all him. Yes, but you know, it's it's a lot like anything else. When the governor makes a pronouncement and he doesn't talk to you about it when you're a state legislator, and then you get asked about it at the grocery, and you and you just kind of and you say, I don't know, and and, and you're, that's your reaction. That's embarrassing for a thinking legislator. All right, Rob. You know, notice the key operative word was thinking. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> that was Rob's point. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we agree. <laughs> oh, no. Freedomfoodsindiana.com is here to bring fresh fruits and vegetables right to your door. No need to ever leave the home or deal with the stress that is having to go to the store. Freedomfoodsindiana.com makes it easy to order fresh fruits and vegetables online with the click of a mouse. I'm Rob Kendall. I love Freedomfoodsindiana.com, and I know you will, too. It's a great way to keep your family eating right without the hassle of having to shop. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com. Uh, hey, it is Statehouse Happenings. Rob Kendall, Abdul-Akib Shabazz, Jim Merritt. Uh, so I will say this. Jim, you and I, because Abdul was running for mayor at the time, so he didn't get in on this. A couple months ago, we were saying, boy, politics is sure boring in this state right now. Well, we said on this program. Uh, yes, many times. Uh, we, I believe, were incorrect because... That, uh, you know, there are about 100 people in that room that I went gave that speech at the other night. And I will say those people are super fired up about 2024 in Indiana, especially the governor's race and the lieutenant governor's race. And Abdul, look, it's anecdotal evidence. It's one room of people. I go by the phone calls we get on this program, which is a lot more than a room full of people. I think that there's a real world where Micah Beckwith not only wins that lieutenant governor's nomination, but steamrolls to it. Now, he could, of course, lose to it. People could go, well, you know, uh, Braun is the nominee, and we like Braun, and sorry, Micah, you're out. I'm just going off the anecdotal evidence that we get from people that we talk to. I think it's going to be totally wild and wacky next year. Abdul, I'll start with you. What say, you, what say you? It's going to uh, – let me see. How can I put this? Um It's going to be wild, and it's going to be wacky, but maybe not necessarily in the way you think. What? Tell. Uh, it'll be in, it'll be in a future cheat sheet. That's oh, all. I, that's all I can say right come now. On. It, it, it'll, it'll be it'll be wild. It'll be interesting, but it, I, I don't think necessarily it'll be in the way that you think. Okay. Uh, any hint on what you mean by that? I mean, that seems like a pretty big thing. It, and and it is. And we'll just leave it at that. Okay. Very good. All right. <laughs> I, can't, I think, can't give it all away. Come okay. On. I think it's a good opportunity for new state chairman, Republican state chairman, and Hathaway to work with her county chairman to work with the, with the state uh, Republican committee 
to uh, to understand who is in the party, to bring new people into the party. But they, but they don't. But look, okay, let me cut, cut mm-hmm. off that. They don't want new people in the party. Look at the John Rust thing. Mm-hmm. They're going out of their way to say to tell. I mean, they can keep Rust off the ballot. They'll they control the cards. So they'll probably win. But they're going out of their way to tell new people. We don't really want you here. This guy's a new person. No, 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 no. You can't be a part of our club. I mean, they, they don't want new people. Well, I think though. you're going to see a, a what what we need to see is a growth of the Republican Party, regardless of the Rust situation, because law is law, and that's what they're defending. But that's a te- that is a law designed to keep new people out of the club. Well, not ne- not necessarily. It, it, I don't. I won't say it's to keep new people out of the club as much as it is for, for what, like like we, like we talked about last week. It's about having guardrails because you don't want your ballot to look like in a, like a CVS pharmacy receipt. But at the same time, though, it is. Do you do you really need you know two to vote in two two primaries? To be a part of, uh, it, it's all about party discipline, yeah. and I think, and I think it's a big challenge. Uh, hopefully, this last summer that was taken up, where you're 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 growing the party, uh, and and the the individuals that are coming in uh, know the Republican principles, and when this convention comes, uh, that they can make a, a what, selection what for a the, lieutenant governor. What are the Republican principles? What are well, they? It's lesser government. And, Is it? <laughs> I knew he would say that. I'm not, I'm not trying to be flippant or facetious. I know what this says on the paper, mm-hmm. but I'm asking in terms of actual year in and year out, here's what we do. The the thing on the paper does not match the governance. So, like, what are – you You know this way better than I do. Mm-hmm. What are the actual republic Republican principles? I don't know. Well, I, th- I think it's fiscal discipline, and we can argue about that, but we do have balanced budgets in the state of Indiana, and we're trying to cut down on our debt. With with the uh, all with the pension debt, I think it's having a wide open party and and but growth that you can you can depend on the delegates next spring uh, to to have a to elect or nominate a Republican uh, lieutenant governor that can work well with whoever wins the primary next year as a governor. Speaking of uh, whoever wins the primary, does Jennifer McCormick have any chance? I, she her campaign seems very underwhelming so far, and I say this as someone who is well, I think she's generally underwhelming. But I figure she's a good uh, well, she, she's a most rebel of, rouser. Right? All the all the all the uh, campaigns seem a little underwhelming. Well, but, but they also got to understand too we're in the middle of a we're we're in the middle of a municipal election right now, and so the the focus is on mayors and mayors and city council people. And so once once we get past November tenth. Uh, then you're going to see the floodgates open, but yeah. but right now the focus is on is, yeah, it's on mayors. I, we like to say that the focus is, but everybody I talk to in the local uh, government realm uh, are always talking about that the governor campaign in 2024 is taking all the money. It's it just all the air is out of the room in regards to fundraising. So you know, ideally, it'd be great if everybody would just focus on who's going to be mayor of Indianapolis, et cetera, et cetera. But but um, every every candidate uh, that I talk to that that is local um, can't raise any money. Uh, oh, okay, interesting point because I saw Crouch and Chambers ran ads back to back on that debate last night, and that made me smile because I hope neither one of them wins. But even if one of them wins, somebody's going to have wasted a whole bunch of rich Republican money, and that makes me happy too. Th- th- yeah, those ads that, are not cheap, right? That was and they're expensive. running. <laughs> And Chambers is running ads on Sunday night football. 
Yeah, he's got. Yeah, he's because got, Brad's got to get the name ID out there. He does. He does. And, you know, I like, can't it, imagine what an ad on Sunday night football costs. Well, yeah. And, you know, as we've said on this program before, that uh, Brad is a very bright man. And uh, he didn't get into this without polling and seeing an opportunity to win. All right, uh, we got about a minute and a half left on this show. We'll give you a chance to plug whatever fine things you two are hawking these days. Abdul, we'll start with you. What's going on at IndyPolitics.org? Uh, like I said, uh, we uh, we just got our polling results uh, literally last night. Yes. Uh, and so we're going to spend the next uh, weekend while I'm in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Yay. Um, I've never seen a man so excited to yeah. go on vacation. Yeah, going through and, and going through and dissecting all that. Uh, but there's no, I won't be on the air this weekend because we're out of town. Uh, but uh, come Monday, uh, we start releasing our poll results, and then we'll uh, have our uh, pollster, Andrew Weissert, uh, with us on next Saturday's show. Okay, very good. And then there's something, a cheat sheet, something's going on with that. You said something big, and then we're like, oh, I'll get back to you later on that. Uh, that would be at a future cheat sheet down the road. Oh, okay. But but there, there will be a new cheat sheet coming out uh, because uh, there's some interesting sort of machinations at play, particularly here in the city of Indianapolis. Right yeah, you now. raise the rate. you got to get those out more frequently now. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Merritt, 30 seconds. What are you working on these days? Well, I can be reached at Jim <laughs> underline Merritt, number one, <laughs> and Facebook and YouTube and Twitter, X. And, uh, and what we're having with Merritt the morning next week is Dave Colt, who is at the beginning of Sun King. Oh. So we're gonna we're gonna learn a lot about Sun King and its beginning and and what their future is. And I love and, that podcast. One week it's Curtis Hill, the next week it's booze. Yeah. Back to back. <laughs> and, and we're going to have uh it absolutely isn't too much of a difference. <laughs> <laughs> and we're gonna have Jefferson Shreve on in October. All right, Jim Merritt, Abdullah Gib Shabazz, you are the best. Thank you, my friends. Thank you. Thank you. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com is here to bring fresh fruits and vegetables right to your door. No need to ever leave the home or deal with the stress that is having to go to the store. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com makes it easy to order fresh fruits and vegetables online with the click of a mouse. I'm Rob Kendall. I love FreedomFoodsIndiana.com and I know you will too. It's a great way to keep your family eating right without the hassle of having to shop. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com Rob Kendall, Abdul Kim Shabazz, Jim Merritt, Program State House Happenings, your weekly look at what's going on with Indiana politics and government. You can find Jim Merritt on Twitter at Jim underscore Merritt, at Jim underscore Merritt. Abdul's on Twitter at A-T-T-Y Abdul, at A-T-T-Y Abdul. Me, I'm on Twitter at Rob M. Kendall, at Rob M. Kendall. For Abdul Kim Shabazz and Jim Merritt, I'm Rob Kendall. You've been listening to State House Happenings.